0: Hey guys, welcome to episode one hundred and one of Swiftcast. Woohoo! Still feels weird to say one
1: hundred and one. Feels like we should be talking about Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Ashley, Steph, Adam, and Ashley. And this has
0: been—I feel like a really exciting week for Taylor.
1: She's been really busy this week.
0: I thought that she might have some downtime, you know, after the iHeart awards and her surprise performance and all her wins last week, but she's just been keeping busy all over the place. I don't know about you guys but I am dying over how cute all the pictures are from Abigail's birthday party that Taylor threw last night. I know.
2: Yeah it reminded me of the birthday party that Taylor had back in December. Um, It seems like she likes to get the photo booth set up and you know get official photographers and you know high quality pictures at all of these parties that she has.
0: Yeah, for some reason, when I saw just the first couple pictures before I saw Taylor actually posting them, I thought it was Abigail had a party and Taylor was just there. And then as more pictures came out throughout the day, it turns out it was this huge star studded party thrown by Taylor.
1: Yes. And can you even imagine what the party will be like for Britney's bachelorette and bridal shower? Even for Jamie King. I bet she has a baby shower she's planning, too. Probably. She's so busy.
0: Well, she had so many people there, and then she arranged a special surprise for Abigail to have the lead singer of her favorite band, which is Dashboard Confessional, surprise her and perform, which I thought was the coolest thing ever.
1: That was so cool. Taylor is just so good at surprising everybody, and Abigail just looked so happy.
2: Yeah, those were cool Instagram videos. That was really nice of her to do.
0: I saw one of the guests from the party had checked in and labeled it as Taylor's Wonderland. So I wondered, I couldn't really tell, but maybe it was a Wonderland-themed party.
1: You know what that made me think of? That Club 89 or Tea (laughs) Party. She's practicing. (laughs) Club Red, I think it will be Wonderland.
0: I really do, too. I just can't see what else they would call it. Club 89
1: just isn't as good as Wonderland.
2: And she already used the... Club theme, if you want to call it that, for Club Red, so
1: True. It did look like a Wonderland. Along with Chris from Dashboard Confessional, so many other people were there. Abigail's boyfriend Matt, Austin, Haley Williams from Paramore, Lily Aldridge, and her husband Caleb Followell, along with Jared Followell. And also Kelsey Ballerini was there, which was really cool. Kelsey is the country artist Taylor tweeted about a couple weeks ago. And Kelsey tweeted and said Taylor inspired her to become a songwriter and pretty much moved to Nashville. And she met Taylor way back during Taylor's debut album. And now, not only was Taylor promoting her on Twitter, but now she gets invited to her house for Abigail's party. It's pretty impressive.
0: Especially since
1: she started out being just a fan of Taylor's years ago. Yeah, that is quite an adventure there, going from being a fan. I can't even imagine what her sales are like right now with Taylor's endorsement. For some reason, that started
0: from the bottom song comes to my head when I think of this.
1: (laughs) It really is. Yeah.
0: Well, apparently, even after all that partying, Taylor still had enough energy today to run around for her family's Easter egg hunt, which was so hilarious.
2: Don't you just wish that you could be, you know, part of that family or, you know, participate? Imagine just, you know, being at that Easter gathering and running around trying to find eggs with Taylor and Austin.
1: Yeah. Did you see that Andrea made up a bag of candy for Taylor and wrote that it was from the Easter bunny? Yes. I thought it was really cute. And during the one video, you can hear Andrea in the background saying the struggle is real. (laughs) Yes, I heard her. (laughs)
2: And I think you can also hear Scott Swift when I think Austin was like pulling on Taylor's arm. I think he was said something like, let go of her, Austin, or something like that.
1: (laughs) It did look like a fun time.
3: I'm curious what was in their Easter eggs.
0: I wonder if it was like just chocolate candy. It was probably like pure gold. (laughs) (laughs)
1: $100 bills. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Scott's making it rain. (laughs) Well, it seemed like on Tumblr, Taylor said she did not win. She seemed a little bitter about it.
0: Aww. I think next year they should make Meredith and Olivia hunt against each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Meredith would just lay on the sidewalk. <laughs> just give up.
0: <laughs> well, before we get into more of our episode for this week, we wanted to again thank you guys for everyone who called in last week for our first call-in episode. It was so much fun. We loved talking everybody and we have a couple prizes to give away to two of our callers so you are both winners of a five dollar itunes gift card and the winners are tori who is at tori swift 13 and sashara who's at taytay sway 20 so you guys should dm us this week on twitter and we will email you your prize yay
1: yeah thanks everyone for calling in it was so cool to have people all over the place calling and we love talking to you
0: and then in other giveaway news, we're gonna be starting another one this week on our Twitter at SwiftCast13. Some of you guys might know that the Billboard Award nominations are happening this week, and in honor of that, we are giving away a limited edition Billboard magazine from 2013, which if you'll remember, is the year where Taylor was the biggest winner and she won eight awards, so they put her on the cover. And it's a rare magazine; you can't really get it anymore. So we have one to give away, and we're excited about that, and it's going to be open worldwide so look out for our tweet when we start that giveaway all right so our first segment of this episode which i love is looking at some of taylor's older tweets this time from april of previous years so the first one april 1st 2009 taylor tweeted in la wishing emma and selena weren't shooting movies in other places Aww. and they're all still friends I was trying to figure out which movies they would have been shooting at that time.
1: It's a good question. I really don't know.
0: I kind of think Emma might have been shooting Easy A, which is one of my favorite movies.
1: Me too. I can't remember what year that was, though.
0: Yeah, that came out in 2010, so I feel like she probably was filming it around then.
1: Now I want to go watch that movie again. So hilarious. The next day, on April 2nd, 2009, Taylor tweeted... On the way to the Hannah Montana premiere, late. Which is funny, because Taylor is still often late to the red carpet, as we know. And I really enjoyed that movie. I actually never watched it.
2: I didn't either. I,
0: know I was a big fan of the show. I watched every episode of it, so the movie was exciting for me.
1: Oh, see, I didn't follow the show, and I was never really a big Hannah Montana fan.
0: It was a really good show. Miley was a lot different back then.
2: Well, back in 2010, on April 2nd, Taylor tweeted, Kansas City has so many fountains. I love fountains. <laughs> oh. She must have been doing some uh, sightseeing during the day before she had a, a show, I'm guessing.
3: On that same day, on April 2nd, Taylor tweeted, "Plain Keith Urban... In the dressing room in honor of the epic prank we pulled on him in this arena last year. Good times, Kansas City.
1: I'm trying to remember whether I think the kiss prank when Keith Urban sang I wanna kiss a girl might have it been when been they been that one. They I thought they were in Hershey though, because they dressed up as Hershey Kisses too. I Weren't think
0: some of them Hershey's Kisses and then some of them were members of the band Kiss.
1: Right. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe that was in Kansas City. That, that was, was great. A, I love that. That was a great prank.
2: That takes me back to all the days um, when she was doing vlogging. And um, you get to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff of touring and the pranks. And those were good days.
0: Well, actually, in 2009, I met Keith Urban. It was at this really small private concert where he also did a Q&A. And I asked him, what was the craziest prank that someone's ever pulled on one of your tours? And he said, this one with the kisses. (laughs) Well, the next one's from April 5th, 2010. Taylor tweeted, today I painted EAS on one side of my face and TER on the other and cooked all day. The lake looked beautiful. One of the things I love the most about Taylor is how excited she gets over every small holiday.
1: She does. I was just remembering how last Easter she was on the beach looking for Easter eggs. She tweeted that photo with the caption, Looking for Easter eggs on the beach. And this year she was fighting with Austin for Easter eggs. The next one is fun, given Taylor's party for Abigail yesterday. On March 31st, 2011, Taylor tweeted, At an acoustic dashboard confessional concert, where is Abigail to relive our high school car ride sing alongs? And then she posted another one of those Y frogs that we can't see anymore. So, so frustrating. So disappointing.
2: Also in 2011, just after that, on April 3rd, Taylor tweeted, Getting ready to play Mean for the first time on the ACMs.
1: Wow. I always loved her performing Mean. I
0: was re watching that performance today and I was just thinking about how that performance was almost identical to what she ended up later doing on the Speak Now tour.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: It's too bad we won't have an ACM performance this year to give
1: us any more hints for tour. Yeah. But maybe she'll show up to receive that milestone award.
3: Yeah. I did just see a commercial like when I was watching TV just now and they had her name like in the commercial. So I kind of wonder.
0: Well, they love to use her for ratings. So. They know we'll all tune in just on the slight chance that she shows up for 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, it's a big award, so she hopefully will make room for it if she can.
0: All right, well, those were some really fun old tweets, and now it's time for the news with Keeping Up With Swift. Our first piece of news. uh, For music, Pop has named
3: Taylor as the most powerful person in pop music. Yay!
1: Can't disagree with that. After pretty much... Not even six months. Most powerful person in Hip Hop.
0: Well, Taylor also recently was just featured in a new ad for Cornetto Choco Berry Ice Cream. Now, is this, do they only have this in Asia? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: This really doesn't seem fair because I remember when she was having the red shows there, she had, didn't she have her own ice cream flavor?
1: Yeah, for, in, and- It feels like it wasn't that long ago because she was just over there in June. I really
0: wanted some and I still do and this is not fair.
1: I do too. That flavor sounds really good. Maybe you can buy it on eBay and they'll put dry ice in it and (laughs) charge you like $100 to send it over here.
0: We're just going to have to go catch an Asian show and get some ice cream.
1: (laughs) I love, I think I've mentioned this before, but I love that For this tour, the sponsors have pretty much all stayed the same. Cad's, Diaco, Cornetto. So not only in the U.S., but even abroad. And I just, I like the permanency there. I think they realize they have a good thing with her and don't want to let it go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like with a lot of companies sponsoring celebrities, the company has to constantly be worried about, will the celebrity do something that goes against their image or will they you know continue to be a good spokesperson and with taylor it's like she only gets better with time you never have to worry about that
1: exactly
2: well this week the style music video was vivo certified after reaching 100 million views and also style was number one on pop radio for the third week in a row
1: and blank space and shake it off have over 700 million views each i'm excited to see which one hits a billion first i think it's probably going to be blank space
2: have any videos on youtube in general um hit a billion besides that gangnam style one
1: you know i'm not sure i know gangnam style has maybe something like baby by justin bieber i don't know
2: yeah that very well could be
1: oh i was right the the only two videos with over 1 billion views are Gangnam Style and Baby. Woohoo! Go that. So I, I definitely think Taylor is going to hit a billion. Probably on both, Blank Space and Chick It Off. So that will be really cool when that happens.
2: Then there will only be four videos that have a billion and she will have half of them.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Just like how a bunch of her photos are the only ones with a million likes on Instagram.
1: Yeah, Two out of the six.
3: Another piece of news. Taylor went to see Haim in concert with Jamie King and Calvin Harris in L.A. on April 3rd.
1: Yeah, that was exciting. Taylor was very busy in L.A. before she went back to Nashville. And so like we mentioned last week, Taylor won three awards at iHeart. Then she hung around L.A. for a while. She visited Andrea. Then she went on a hike by herself. She also hung out with Camilla Cabello of Fifth Harmony, and they sang Worth It in the car together. Had a really cute video about it. Then Taylor had to lock herself in a cabinet for April Fool's Day because she hates it. And I love that she hates it because I also hate it. And she really was kind of MIA that day. She really didn't interact with anyone on social media that much. Then after she went to see Haim, she went back to Nashville, and she's been rehearsing. Along with like we mentioned earlier, throwing a party for Abigail and Easter egg hunting. But she mentioned on Tumblr that she was rehearsing out of the woods. So I think that means we probably can expect it to be on the set list, which I think we all thought it would be anyways, but it's still exciting. Yeah,
2: exciting to hear it confirmed.
0: That means we're one step closer to me being right. She's gonna do every <laughs> <for> song. So <laughs> she liked to post about wildest dreams on tumblr the other day so i will take that as another confirmation well i think the most exciting piece of news of the whole week is that as of today april 5th we are officially 30 days away from the first show of the 1989
2: tour wow Ah, one month
0: doesn't it seem like just a couple weeks ago that they were announcing the dates and we were buying tickets
1: yeah it went fast It's weird. On one hand, it feels like that. But on the other hand, I feel like I've been waiting for 10 years for another tour. (laughs) It's been so long. I'm so excited. And the final piece of news for this week is also exciting. Just since January 1989 has already sold 968,000 copies. It's been in the top five for 22 weeks, which really never happens anymore. And so just based on the way sales have been going, it should probably be platinum for 2015 this week because it will have sold over a million copies by over a million copies since January. So it's very exciting. I really don't think any album has gone platinum in 2015 yet. So Taylor would be the last platinum album from 2014, also the best selling album in 2014 just from the end of October to the end of the year. And now she's going to go platinum just for 2015 already. It's
0: also, she has the only album that matters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see year end sales for this album. I think it's just going to be so high.
2: Well, that was all the Taylor news that has been happening lately. So let's go ahead and take a look at the upcoming schedule. And there's only one thing Um, Coming up uh, in the month of April that we have confirmed on the calendar, and that is going to be the Radio Disney Awards, which are on April 25th, and Taylor has four nominations, and they are for Best Female Artist, Best Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Song to Dance To for Shake It Off, and Most Talked About Artist.
1: And you can still vote for those, so... Go online, and you can vote on Twitter, too, by using the hashtags that they list on their website.
0: It seems like we've been leading up to those awards forever.
1: Yeah, they announced the nominations really early, I think.
0: Well, now it's time for our mini-segments. Lots of Swifty Problems, of course. Our first Swifty Problem comes from at badblood1989.
3: Does anyone else ever see the number 13 and get really excited, even if it's not your favorite number? Hashtag Swifty
2: Definitely. Happens all the time. And 13 is my favorite number. I was born on the 13th also. But uh, if I have to like heat something up in the microwave and just want to put it in for a few seconds, <laughs> I type in 13.
1: I do the same thing with the microwave. That's- <laughs> do you? I do that too. <laughs> I never knew.
2: I did it today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a secret shame, but apparently everyone does it. <laughs>
2: Do you put the TV volume at 13?
0: I don't know if mine has numbers. Yeah, mine oh, doesn't.
1: Okay. If it did, I would.
0: Our next one is from Juliet. Yesterday, I told somebody I'm going to see Taylor three times this year, and she didn't believe me. <laughs> Swiftie problems. <laughs> we believe you. Doesn't really seem like a lot
1: or enough. Our next one is from MelBSwifties13. Using my last 5%. To get Taylor listening in the day. Hashtag camping. Hashtag Swifty Problems. This is why I don't go camping.
2: Because <laughs> you lose your battery.
1: <laughs> and other reasons.
2: <laughs> Gotta get one of those mobile chargers.
1: Yeah. They're handy.
2: Our next one comes from Melissa. And she is at Halo Red 88 I want to go to the Grammy Museum Taylor exhibit so badly. But I won't be back in California until August. Hashtag Swifty Problems.
1: Oh, they really need to extend that. They do. I really want to go. And our last
3: Swifty Problem comes from at McKinsey underscore 1989. I swear listening to Taylor makes me study better. Hashtag Swifty Problems.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Well, now it's time for our fashion. And I'm very upset that Nate is not here. (laughs) Well, the first outfit is from just yesterday, April 4th. When Taylor was at Abigail's birthday party, which we all saw in the pictures, she had on a matching set of the For Love and Lemons guava crop top and skirt, and they're really cute. The skirt is $158, and the top is $180.
1: It was a good outfit, but a little bit pricey.
0: I feel like she almost single-handedly brought the trend of crop top and skirt sets into style.
1: That and The Romper. I completely agree.
0: Yeah, it seems like everywhere has tons of those now.
1: On April 2nd, when Taylor was going to see Haim with Jamie King and Calvin Harris, she wore a black free people top. It's called the Scandalous Lace Top. It's only $19, but really, very sadly, it's not available anymore because it was Available on the website over two years ago. So Taylor's had it for a while. But if you have a lot of money, you could get her leggings. They're called the Tamara Mellon Sweet Revenge Legging Boots in Suede. And these are pretty much leggings that have boots attached to them. And it's really funny because when Taylor and Carly interviewed for Vogue months ago... Carly was talking about how when she visits her family back at home, she can't dress like a New Yorker. And Taylor was talking about her legging boots. And so people have, of course, found photos of Carly in these same legging boot pants. And so I guess she lent them to Taylor, maybe. And those are $1,995 if you want to try out a pair. I really
0: would have wanted Nate to explain those pants. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you guys, because this has happened twice now, where Taylor has been with Calvin Harris and they've been wearing pretty much the same outfit. Do you think they're doing it on purpose?
1: That's such a good question.
0: I'm so curious to know.
1: I think maybe Nashville was a coincidence and then they saw the reaction to it and maybe this last time was more on purpose.
0: I agree. It was so funny, though. They really looked like they were matching models or something.
1: Even their coats. Taylor had a coat on when she was walking into the venue, and they even matched their coats.
0: And I think I've said, I've noticed before, that every time she's in L.A., she wears a ton of free people. Yeah. I love it.
1: I wish that top was still available. $19? Yeah, me too.
2: Next, on March 30th, Taylor was seen leaving the restaurant Katsuya with Camila Caballo and she was wearing an autumn cashmere spring 2015 sweater. Also a she was carrying a Roger Vivier Small Miss Vive Heart bag, which is $2,570. I'm and, so
0: disappointed. I really wanted that bag.
2: Well, sorry, <laughs> I have to tell you that it is sold out. <laughs>
1: You could have afforded the $2,500 though, right? Oh, of course. No,
0: when I first saw it, I just was in love with how much it looked exactly like the heart envelope emoji.
1: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it really does. And also
2: Taylor was wearing Mew Mew suede peep toe pumps, and those are no longer available, but the price tag on those is $595.
0: I also kind of feel like because she's not in California very much, whenever she's there, all the stuff that she wears is stuff that she's had from years ago that's just been sitting there, which is why none of it's available. It's a good point. When
3: Taylor was visiting her mom on March 30th, she wore a, a Nike Flex Trainer 3 sneaker and those are 59.95. And then she had with her a a J. Mendel Matin Tote, which is $2,350, but unfortunately that sold out. And then she was also wearing an American Apparel Interlock Running Short, and those
0: are $30. Well, last week at the iHeartRadio Awards, Taylor had her surprise performance with Madonna, where they performed Ghost Town. And during this performance, she had on The Greg Lauren Destroyed Tango Dress, which has not yet been found, but is probably very expensive. And with it, she had Christian Louboutin Lamadone leather boots, $1,803. And she had on, for her stockings, the Wolford Satin Touch 20 Stay Up stockings for $48. And her guitar, which... was that borrowed from Madonna?
1: Yeah, isn't that cool?
0: That's pretty cool. I know she's freaking out over that. Um, so that was the Gibson J180 acoustic guitar, $3,049. She also wore a cute cat necklace that has not yet been found, but I hope is found because who doesn't need another cat necklace?
1: The day before, on March 28th, when Taylor was arriving at Nick Jonas's party in L.A., Taylor wore Prada suede platform ankle boots, those are $990, and she carried her J Mendel mat and tote, which as we mentioned is $2,350 and is sold out, and then she wore this really cool necklace, it's by Kay Kane, it's a custom made vertical graffiti bar necklace, and it had her handwriting of TS 1989 on it. It was in gold. And those necklaces start at $335 and then go up depending on how you want to customize it. It was a really cool necklace. I want that necklace so bad. Yeah, it's cool how they can do that now with handwriting. And then to
2: wrap up the fashion segment for this week, on March 26th, Taylor was performing Big Star with Kenny Chesney at his concert in Nashville, and she was wearing an Elizabeth and James Sedona Cutout Side Knit Crop Top, $290, and an Elizabeth and James Alanis Knit Skater Skirt, $315.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if... The whole entire tour consisted of crop top and skirt combos.
2: (laughs) She certainly likes to wear them.
0: Well, thanks as always to TaySwiftStyle.com for tracking down all these outfits. So for our main discussion this week and over the next couple weeks, we thought it would be really fun since we're getting so close to the 1989 tour to take a look back at each of Taylor's previous tours and reflect and talk about all our favorite moments. So for this week, we wanted to take a look back at the Fearless tour, which I can't believe that it's been over five years since that tour started. Actually, almost
1: six years. Just about six. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. It went from April 23rd, 2009 through July 10th, 2010.
0: And it went through Australia, Asia, Europe, and North America for a total of 122 shows And it made $63.7 million, which is a ton, but sadly, or surprisingly maybe, is little compared to what her tours are making now.
2: And I think that's partially due to, you know, back in 2009, 2010, well, it seems like ticket sales or ticket prices were a lot more affordable back then. I mean, you go look at 2015 concert prices, not only for Taylor, but other artists too. And it just seems like they... Keep going up and up really quickly.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting trend just for all concerts because I think artists are realizing they're not selling music, except for Taylor, on things like iTunes. They're not selling albums. So they're making money on shows.
2: And one thing I wanted to point out and ask you guys your opinion about is uh, as Ashley mentioned, the total number of shows on the Fearless Tour was 122. And then looking, um, we'll compare it to the 1989 tour, which is upcoming. And of course there could be more dates announced, but currently the 1989 tour has 78 scheduled shows. So why do you think, um, back in the fearless tour, her first headlining tour, she had so many shows compared to, um, now when she's established and she could, you know, probably sell out 500 shows, um, that the, the number total numbers, uh, so significantly less
0: well i think the most likely reason is because she plays so many bigger stadiums now it can accommodate more fans in a smaller number of shows
3: yeah i was thinking it probably has some to do with like being able to get the venues too
0: she needs bigger venues now which i feel like i'm not sure if they're harder to book but probably costs a lot more money
2: yeah that's true and then, yeah, they hold so many more people compared to the regular arena shows.
0: Like, you know, for Fearless and Speak Now in Chicago, she would play the All-State Arena, which I think holds, what, 13,000 people? Sounds right. And so she'd play, you know, two or three shows each for those tours. And then she moved her Red over to Soldier Field. And in one show, she's already getting more than she was able to get in those two shows.
1: You're right. Mm-hmm.
0: So I kind of feel like that's why.
1: And I think also it was her first headlining tour. She probably felt like she needed to do as many shows and hit as many cities as possible just because she knew that if she could attract fans and they would stay loyal to her. Plus, she had a bus back then. So if you're going through a small city in Nebraska, say, then why not stop over the next state? Whereas now she has her own. Plane and can just fly in and out for shows.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point that you made me think of is the promotion aspect. She needed to promote herself at that point, whereas now she's so established that um, she doesn't need to promote herself as much.
1: Yeah, and really, one of, I know I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but one of my favorite parts of the Fearless tour was when she would walk back from the B stage to the main stage and she hugged so many people Not only because that's who she is, that's what she does, but she was trying to make a connection because she knows that if you just take a couple minutes, even a couple seconds, you can completely change someone's life and that person will be a fan forever. She's very smart. That's
0: so true. Well, another thing I was thinking about, too, is that I think just as her shows have gotten bigger and more complex, I think just this even the setup takes longer than it did back on the Fearless tour. I think that a lot of her shows, you know, she might have back-to-back shows in the same city, or there might be some shows where she has one day after another, but a lot of them have breaks of a couple days in between, and I think that's because just building and tearing down the stage takes longer and takes more
1: people now. That's a good point. For the stadium shows, they start so many days in advance, and they have to drive all that stuff there and get it all set up. I think it's good, though, that she does fewer shows because at least she can get more of a break. And I don't want her to burn out. So I think that's a good thing. Well, obviously,
0: Fearless was a primarily country album. So she had two country openers, which were Gloriana and Kelly Pickler. And I really like both of them. I still follow them today. I think those were great choices for that point in her career.
1: Definitely.
2: I do, too. Yeah, I was a fan of Gloriana ever since I heard that song, um, which was probably one of their more popular songs called Wild at Heart. And I remember uh, just seeing that video um, on CMT and uh, whatever uh, um, other channels it would be on. And that was always a fun video. And they seemed like a, a good, you know, happy group. Their music was very lively and it was it was they're a good band.
0: Yeah, and they still are. I've seen them a couple of times over the last few years, and one of their main members, Cheyenne, left the group, but they've stayed together and I think gotten even better. I still really enjoy their newer music.
1: They had a huge hit with I Should Have Kissed You after the Fearless tour.
0: Yeah, that was around 2012, I think. I love that song.
1: And Kelly was just great. It was nice to see their friendship, like we mentioned earlier, pranking Keith Urban. Taylor and Kelly, when they were touring with Brad Paisley, also liked to prank Brad. And when Kelly was having a boy problem, Kelly and Taylor went and wrote a song and then Taylor was in the music video. I like that friendship. Unfortunately, they really don't hang out anymore. But I thought Kelly was a great choice for the tour.
2: Yeah, that song you're referring to um, is the best day of your life, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good song.
2: Yeah, I was looking up the um, set list that Kelly played and she opened her set of the Fearless tour with that song. It would have been cool to see her sing with Taylor. Do you know if she ever did? Live?
1: Not that I know of.
2: Yeah, I didn't think so either.
1: The music video is great. If you guys have never seen that, go look it up since Taylor's in it. And it's just a good song. I'm not surprised that Taylor helped to write it. I think Taylor described the story as she went on to Kelly's bus and Kelly was having a big boy problem and they ended up just writing this song typical taylor writing genius songs to deal with problems
0: i think one of the good things back on the fearless tour that isn't really the case now is that since that was only her second album she was able easily to do pretty much the whole album and a couple of her debut songs as well
1: that's so true it really pretty much was fearless and I would have loved, of course, to have seen more songs from the debut album, but I think what she ended up playing was really good. The other cool thing about it being her first tour was she kind of started out slow because she probably wasn't sure how the tour would sell. So she had the first leg in 2009, and then when it was so successful, she added another leg in 2010, which was really lucky for me because I got to see the first leg. And then when she added the second, I added. Two more shows to that leg. The set list pretty much stayed the same. The only difference was during the first leg she performed change and then she did an encore and she began the encore with I'm Only Me When I'm With You and she brought Kelly Pickler and Gloriana out on stage for that. But then during the second leg in 2010, she cut change out of the set list, which was kind of disappointing for me. I absolutely love that song. And then during the encore, instead of doing I'm Only Me When I'm With You, she replaced that with Today Was Fairy Tale, which made a lot of sense because 2010 is when Valentine's Day, the movie, was released and she wrote that song for the movie. So I justify going to the tour so many times because I said, well, the set list changed. So I have to go
0: (laughs) again. (laughs) I have to go for that one song.
1: Totally valid. So did you guys have a favorite part? Well, starting
2: just from the very beginning, the opening song of the the tour was You Belong With Me. And um, I always like that one because if you remember, Taylor comes up from underneath the stage to that high part um, of the stage. And she's wearing the the band outfit and the the hat. And then she plays part of the song and takes the hat and throws it off to the side of the stage. And, you know, there she is with her uh, trademark curly, long blonde hair. Uh, And then, of course, the outfit is changed mid-song to bring her uh, sparkly dress, which was very um, trademark of her as well.
1: That was such a good opener.
0: I was just thinking about how every tour, she's kind of opened by going, being elevated up to some high point on the stage. Yeah. Speak now. She came out of the floor. During Sparks Fly and State of Grace, she started on top of that high staircase, which leads right, me yeah. to believe that she's going to start on top of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and play Welcome to New York.
0: <laughs> I really think so. I really do. I like
1: that prediction.
0: I don't exactly know logistically how, what that one <laughs> would look like. I think they're going to have a fake New York cityscape and she's just going to be on top of a building.
1: <laughs> She'll just leap from building to building too. <laughs> Like Batman or something.
0: But I agree. That was a great opening.
2: And remember the uh, band and all the dancers. Uh, The band was wearing, well, you know, your typical high school band outfit. And the cheerleaders were wearing cheerleader outfits. And it was just a a perfect uh, opening for that song. And it matched the song perfectly.
1: Yeah, and they were so good at dancing, too. There were a couple moments where they were just really showcasing all of their talent
0: yeah i remember there were always acrobats doing flips and all sorts of stuff well i really liked when she did love
3: story because she started out in like this victorian dress and then towards the end she kind of changed to this like really flowy like white chiffon dress and towards the end she took off this tiara or headband that she was wearing and she had placed it on like a member of the audience and i know that was like a really special moment during the concert that i really liked
1: it was also cool how she transformed the whole stage into a castle and it's funny it feels like it was just yesterday but i still remember the one show i wasn't there i've only ever seen videos but her big victorian dress got stuck on the steps when she was walking down and so she's trying to sing it and she's trying to pull her dress off the where it was stuck (laughs) She just handles those things so well. You're not sorry is funny to think about right now because she incorporated Justin Timberlake's What Goes Around Comes Around into that song, which I loved back then. And now you think back to just last week at the Billboard Awards when she and Justin are squad members together. And back then she was such a huge fangirl and was using his song to incorporate into her own. So that's started from the bottom once again. (laughs) I think one
0: performance that I've always really loved was Forever and Always. How can you beat
1: throwing a chair off the stage, really?
2: Right, and having a tantrum.
0: And I really liked how it started with the interviewer on the screen and then went into the performance.
1: And it looked like the interviewer was actually there there was actually a person sitting in the chair who walked off stage but it was just cool the way the interviewer still looked like she's there and taylor's just singing and i remember a different video at a show i was also was not at but she fell on her butt i think just at what point she she fell during a performance of forever and always and she just handled it so gracefully she just got right back up and kept going
2: One other part of the tour that I thought was cool um, that you were able to see really well in the Journey to Fearless um, that was on that TV channel and then became a DVD was when she did Hey Steven, and it was really cool if you don't remember. She did have a B stage um, that she sang some songs on, um, like she has done for Speak Now and Red, but she also took the time to go out into the concourse and choose a section, you know, where you walk in to go to your seats. And then, you know, the crowd probably didn't know exactly what section it would be at. And, you know, while the there's a little video playing on the um, monitors, she's sneaking around through the concourse and then pops up at a section um, just with her guitar and a microphone and sings, Hey Steven, with all the people all around her right there. It was really cool
1: that was absolutely one of my favorite parts too when i went on the second leg i was in virginia and i was kind of upset because my seats were kind of far in the back but i kept saying to my sister the whole night maybe she'll come out for hey steven by us and wouldn't you know as the video is playing with tim mcgraw talking and steven from love and theft And then we see this mic come down, and I just jump over this row of seats and, like, (laughs) go to the end of the aisle. And she was just standing right beside me, singing Hey Steven. And I thought, this is the closest I'm ever going to get to Taylor. This is the most cool thing that's ever going to happen to me. And it's still awesome. I love that part.
2: That's awesome. So you were just in the front, right by her?
1: There was a guy kind of in front of me. And so i i couldn't i but i felt like i could reach out and probably pull her hair if i wanted to but i didn't want to get kicked out so i didn't
0: <laughs> as as nate would say you could give her a hard shove <laughs>
1: <laughs> i yeah i could have given her a hard shove but i kept my hands to myself and it was just like wow taylor's sitting right there singing hey stephen that's neat.
0: amazing i think that you know that's always the best memory is those unexpected moments which sadly she really can't just pop up in the crowd
1: anymore yeah for safety reasons definitely
0: i remember at iheart radio in 2012 she walked through the crowd for sparks fly and walked right through my row and i feel like that was pretty much the end of like the last time
1: she ever did that did anything weird happen during that did no, it was surprisingly
0: to... tame for being Las Vegas. I mean, she had security in front of and behind her, but people were pretty calm. Oh. Uh, hmm. Yeah, but I feel like... You know, sp- that was, but that was right before the Red Tour, and by the time the Red Tour
1: started, she wasn't even walking. She was being carried. Right. And using the flying setup during, after, during Sparks Fly.
0: Well, I know when a lot of people think of the Fearless Tour, the first thing that comes to mind and a lot of people's favorite thing is the should have said no ending with the rain on stage.
1: Yes. And just the intro to that song with the drums and the thunder. So great.
0: We asked people on Twitter what their favorite Fearless Tour memories were. And of course, that came up. Autumn 13 underscore said in all caps, should have said no in the rain.
1: And Boss underscore Haft also said when she sang Should Have Said No under the artificial rain during her last show at Gillette Stadium.
0: And then going along with what we were just talking about a minute ago, we had Falcon R3 who said their favorite part was when Taylor pops up in the crowd. And then we had Jen Fearless 13 said her favorite part was Taylor hugging people in the audience. And she added, especially me. So that's (laughs) awesome that she got a hug.
1: Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts, just to watch people's reactions.
0: And then NZ1Swifty13 said her favorite memory was flying from Auckland to Sydney, Australia to see Taylor for the first time and being front row and tearing up when she came on stage. Aww. And another thing that I thought was interesting was that, obviously being Taylor's first headlining tour, She sort of, I guess, experimented with having just a couple of special guests probably to see if people would like it. So she had John Mayer, Katy Perry, and Faith Hill, all of which were great performances. And I think she saw that that really added an element of surprise to the show. And that's why she's done it more
1: and more since then. Yeah, definitely.
2: And it's interesting that now you look back at those names and I think it's pretty safe to assume that she's really only friends with one of those three
1: now. (laughs) It's funny, yeah.
0: I was glad though, I think I might have said last week, to see her perform with Kenny because that makes me think that we will possibly still get country special guests this year.
1: It would be really cool to see Faith again just because she was singing her song, The Way You Love Me, just a couple weeks ago in her car.
0: Yeah, I know that they still talk, so I feel like that could definitely happen. If you guys could pick one song from the Fearless album, I'll say besides "Love Story" and "You Belong with Me," for her to play on the 1989
2: tour, what would you pick?
0: Oh, hey,
3: Steven.
1: Wow. Oh, hey, that Steven. was so quick.
2: Quick answer, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's my favorite song. I just I love that song so much. So that's wow. Fun. This is a really hard question for me.
2: And he said besides Love Story and You Belong With Me.
0: Because I feel like those are kind of likely, but I would pick Change. Change. Oh, yes. Such a good one.
1: I'm with Ashley. Hey, Steven. But I would also would say I love The Way I Loved You. And I haven't heard it in so long. I love the way she performed it with Grant on stage. It was so cool. It would be nice just to hear that even as a surprise song on 1989.
2: And my answer would have to be the name of the tour. I would go with Fearless. I love that song. Ah,
0: oh, Me too. It's really so hard. Those definitely are some of her best
1: songs ever all on that album. Tell Me Why is another good one. I'm just picking them all, but <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long either. And it was such a great song. I remember blasting it so many times. One of my
0: hopes that wouldn't probably be for until a while into the future but you know when taylor gets older and is in sort of more of her greatest hits era i would love for her to do a tour where i know some artists have done it where fans can submit votes online for what songs they want to hear and it can change every night
2: that would be great uh,
0: or like but that would assume that she's not going to keep putting out great albums every two years for the rest of her life which she easily could
1: Yes, yeah, she could But yeah, I always thought, I guess Dave Matthews is one of those people who has a different set list every single night. And I always wondered what that would be like if Taylor did that. Just change it up every night with throwbacks and new stuff. And that would be cool. I
0: think the thing with that is that you kind of lose some of the choreography and more performance elements because it's so much more spontaneous.
1: Exactly. And I love that Taylor's so into the production elements of tour and makes it really a show for us. So that's why I don't think it would happen anytime soon.
0: I think maybe one day when she's
1: older. Yeah, just go out acoustic and just play a different set list every night.
2: And one last thing I want to mention about the Fearless tour is that I'm so glad that we have the Journey to Fearless DVD so that we can uh, go back and Relive that tour. And Taylor, if you're listening, we still want that Red Tour DVD.
0: (laughs) Not too late. (laughs) It's never too late.
1: (laughs) It will never be too late.
0: They can just print some copies now and stick them at the merch table for 1989. We'll buy them.
1: Absolutely. They
2: would make a lot of money doing that.
0: Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this look back at the Fearless Tour. It definitely brought back so many emotions. And we're really excited to talk about the Speak Now Tour and the Red Tour in the upcoming weeks. So think about your favorite moments from those and tweet us at SwiftCast13 and we'll read them on episodes 102 and 103. Speaking of that, as I just mentioned, our Twitter is at SwiftCast13. You should follow us, especially for our giveaway that we mentioned earlier. We are on Tumblr, which Ashley is doing a great job of posting from all the time. So you should definitely follow us on there swiftcast13.tumblr.com we just recently started up our instagram so that's at instagram.com slash the swiftcast13 and we're at facebook.com slash the swiftcast you can email us at the swiftcast13 at gmail.com and finally you can go to our website at swiftcast13.com wow that was a long list of reminders <laughs> There's just so many sites to keep up with now. There are. And also, as we've been reminding you recently, now that we've put out over 100 episodes, iTunes will only show the past 100. So if you want to listen to any of our older episodes, those are all still and always will be on our website at swiftcast13.com. So what do you guys think Taylor will do next week?
1: I've got to go with what you mentioned earlier with having Meredith and Olivia look for Easter eggs. I think that probably will happen by tomorrow.
0: Except it'll be like catnip instead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those little mice with catnip in it.
2: Well, I think that now we are under a month till tour. Um, And I think I've said this in the past, but um, I'm hoping and I predict that we will get, Um, a tweet or an Instagram photo, um, either confirming more uh, songs that will be on the set list or giving us a little hint with a picture of what a certain song's background might look like um, or something more related to the tour.
0: I think that we're going to we're going to get a message and Taylor's going to tell us that she heard this episode and yes, there will be Red Tour DVDs <laughs> at the
1: 1989 tour. And the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah.
2: She'll confirm that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That'll probably be what she tweets a picture of this week.
3: Well, I think maybe Taylor will attend like another concert this week. Um, I'm thinking maybe like since she recently went and saw Heim, which is going to be one of her openers. Maybe she'll go see like Vance Joy or um, Sean Mendez or something.
1: She does like to go to shows.
2: Yeah, or maybe she'll go to like um, a Kings of Leon show with Lily.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we can expect her to be in Nashville for a while.
0: Yeah, and there's so many concerts there. You can find a show to go to any night. Well, as usual, we will keep you updated next week on episode 102. But for now, for episode 101, this has been Ashley, Steph, Adam, and Ashley. Guys, see you next week. Bye!
2: In place of Nate, peace out, Swift Scouts.
0: (laughs) He'll be so (laughs) mad at you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney Ann Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with
1: Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.